Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Happy New Year. Let me move this. Um, I do want to uh, begin a... I, I, we're going to do a New Year's series. I'm just not going to start it today. I uh, just want to share with you um, something that the Lord has been, has been just, uh, you know, I think leading, leading me to, maybe for myself and to, and to bring you into the uh, conversation as well. Um, I've, I've, I saw something, don't you love the Word of God? Like, I, I saw something in Scripture that I, you know, in, in a passage, a chapter that I've read time and time again, that somehow I missed it, but it just jumped out at me, and I want to, I want to share that uh, with you uh, this morning. Um, and uh, you know, probably nothing new. You probably know this, uh, but you know, every now and then we just need to be uh, reminded and encouraged with things that we already uh, know. And uh, you know, sometimes we don't always do what we know. We do something else. Um, but we need to we need to know this this morning going into this year, uh, and, uh, and 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 allow it to affect our uh, our choices, our actions, our attitudes, our decisions, um, and uh, then then we'll we'll just uh, end our time together today uh, with communion, and uh, we'll begin this new year uh, by sharing communion together. Um, so that's that's what we're going to do. And uh, you know I'm long-winded, so let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, as we come into this uh, new year, and uh, you know, especially because of the, the several years that we've had, maybe it's a good, a good reminder um, that we are people who trust in God and that we are to trust uh, in the Lord. And, uh, and Scripture just doesn't lead us to trust in the Lord, but, but to trust in the Lord with everything that we have, with all that we are, with, uh, with, with all of our heart holding, holding nothing back. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you're familiar with it. Let's, let's read it again uh, and, uh, and remember this wonderful passage uh, of Scripture yeah, you're probably thinking right now, man, he's going to start out the year by telling us to trust in the Lord. We already know that. I know, I told you it's nothing new. Um, but it's so powerful and important and life-changing and a needed, needed reminder. Uh, and, and, and on this trust in the Lord theme, there's something that I've seen that I hadn't seen. I, I know I've read it, but I didn't, it didn't hit me like it's hit me now, and I want to share it with you. Uh, Proverbs 5, 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart uh, and lean not on your own understanding. This is such a powerful verse, such life-changing, life-giving instruction. 
we have a difficult time with this. We are all the time wanting to lean on our own understanding. We're all the time wanting to work things out for ourselves, navigate uh, our way out of things, thinking that we can somehow handle it. Uh, maybe, maybe like a, a way of thinking of it is, is that we're all the time, you know, we, we know we're to give things to God. We're all the time trying to take them back. You know, so it's important for us to remember to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, to go ahead and give it to God and not take it back. And to lean not on our own understanding. We, we trust in God. We, we give it to Him. If we're trusting in our, on our understanding, we take it to ourselves. So we don't want to take it to ourselves. We want to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So as we enter into this new year, let's do this. Let's trust in the Lord with everything down inside of us, holding nothing back with all of our hearts. And let's not get off into ourselves and try to handle things ourselves. I'm, I'm not saying, you, you know we've got a role. I mean, we're not, we're not foolish, lazy people. I mean, we, we've got to work and put forth effort and do the things that God has called us to do. Uh, we are human beings and, and, uh, and, and we've got to be the people of God. And human beings are, are beings that do. And we've got to do. I mean, so, so, you know, we've got our part in this. I'm not saying we don't. Right? But, uh, but a major part of our part is to trust God and not ourselves. To give it to Him and not take it back. To, to not lean on our own understanding. And then verse 6 is just such a wonderful uh, connection to, to 5. It says, In all of your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. I don't, I don't know what, what dreams we may have, what desires we may have, what plans we may have. I know at the beginning of the new year, we do the New Year's resolutions. We, you know, we, we say, this is something I'm going to do, some, something I've been wanting to do, and now I'm going to do it. Or, you know, I don't know what those may be uh, for you, but here we've got this, this interesting passage of Scripture that tells us to trust God, not ourselves. And, and in all of our ways, all the paths that we're planning on taking, all the dreams that we have, every desire that we might uh, desire, everything that we might want to accomplish, that, that we are to give that to God, to submit that to God, or, or another word is to commit that uh, to Him, and then He will come and make your path straight. So, you know, you're headed down the path, and, and you've got effort and part and work, and you've got to walk and move, but it's really... When, when you submit it to God, when you commit it to God, it's really God who's going to show up and do it. And if we will commit our ways to Him, submit our ways to Him, then Scripture says that He will show up and do it. That He will show up and make our paths straight. Uh, another proverb that speaks to this, and you guys know I love Proverbs, and, uh, and you should too. You know, I mean, what is the deal? Come on. I know you do, is uh, Proverbs 16.3 kind of speaks, speaks to this as well, um, but does throw in here this word commit, uh, says commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your pass or, or you know again, he's going to come and do it. He's going to come and make your path straight. He's going to come and move and work uh, in your life. Now, um, interesting thing here is that when we commit something to the Lord, um, we're probably not committing something to the Lord 
that wouldn't be His plan or His or His purpose. When we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and we're, and we're wanting to commit our ways to the Lord, our desires to the Lord, our plans to the Lord, we are probably in the process of, of seeking the Lord's will, His purpose, His plan, His direction uh, for our, our lives. You know, so, so if, you, if you've got plans that are not God's plans and you try to submit those things and commit those things to the Lord... That's an okay thing to do because what God's going to then do is He's going to come and, and help direct you and show you that, well, that I thank you for committing that. I know your heart's in the right place. That's not exactly the direction I want you to go. And He's going to come and, and navigate and, and make things straight and direct you in the path that you need, that you need to go. Uh, so we want to we wanna trust in the Lord. We want to commit our ways to the Lord. And I think what a great way to start out this year. This, the Lord's just been stirring this in me. Uh, and I, it just makes sense. And we probably do this every year. But, but, but just to commit this. As we begin this year, we're only one day in. That we would commit this year to the Lord. That we would lay it into His hands. That we would give it uh, to Him. And say, this is your year and we're going to honor you with it. We're going to exalt you and bless you in every way that we can, and we're going to trust you in this year. And, and when we do that, then God's going to come, He's going to move, He's going to show up in, in our lives. Now, you know, a huge part of that committing this whole year to the Lord is making sure that we're Proverbs 3 5 it and we're trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. Now, there's this great uh, declaration that Jesus makes of trust in the Lord uh, that I wanted to show you and, and remind you of again. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus, uh, 100% man, 100% God, even though He's 100% God, declares His trust in the Lord and does it in an incredibly difficult time in His life, right? Which is, which is really when we need to do it. Because trust is like authority, it's easy till it's hard. Trust is like forgiveness, completely easy until it's difficult. Right? Forgiveness is so easy until somebody wounds me and hurts me, and then it's hard. Trust is, trust is easy when it's sunshiny. It becomes difficult when things are not going the way that you planned them to go, not working out the way that you thought they would work, but that's what trust is. Um, so let's drop into to uh, Luke 23. And what we have here uh, in Luke is um, Luke 23 is Jesus is, is making His way to the cross and then He is on the cross and, uh, and there on the cross, you, you're familiar with the story, um, it, it begins... You know, go and read this wonderful chapter in Scripture. Um, just, a, just a few highlights to, to remind you. You know, Jesus is, is on trial uh, before the Israelite leaders, the Jewish leaders, and then he's going to have to go before Pilate, the Roman uh, leader as well. And in both of those settings, the questioning of Jesus is, you know, is he the Son of God? Is he the king of the Jews? And in both of those settings, Jesus himself declares who he is. 
that he is the Son of God. And, it, and it's in that declaration that, that the uh, Israelite leaders are like, well, what else do we need to hear? He's declared this. Let's take him to Pilate to get him crucified. And it's when he comes before Pilate that Pilate wants to know if he is the king of the Jews. And Jesus makes that declaration uh, that he is the king of the Jews. And so then, you know, Pilate uh, moves, recognizing, you know, Jesus to be an innocent and righteous man, moves to try to get out of this, to, you know, to political his way out of it by bringing Barabbas in and saying, hey, choose, you know, Jesus, Barabbas, and, and the crowd chooses uh, Jesus to crucify him. And so Jesus uh, is then, you know, taken and crucified on a Roman uh, cross. It's there in Luke that we see that he's between uh, two others uh, who are being uh, justly crucified for actual crimes, uh, and, and one uh, is, is mocking Jesus, and the other believes in Jesus and puts his faith and trust in him. And, and it's there in, in that setting that Jesus speaks to this one on the cross who says, remember me, and he says, he says I'm telling you that today you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus is making incredible statements that, that are either true because he is the Son of God or they're false and crazy because he's not. But, but we know because we know the story that he is the Son of God because he goes to the cross, he's crucified and he dies, he's buried in a rich man's tomb, and then on the third day he rises again, proving that what he said to the, to the Jewish council was true, that he is the Son of God, and that what he proclaimed to Pilate, that he is the king of the Jews and king of kings, is true. Now, now in this uh, setting here in Luke 23, uh, starting at verse 44, um, there, are there are several things that Jesus says, but let's just highlight one of them uh, here today. Verse 44, it says, uh, when it was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So as Jesus is on the cross, um, in, the, uh, in the sixth hour, which is about uh, noon, uh, darkness comes over. You know, at noon the sun's shining. Well, somehow or another God blacks out the sun so that darkness comes for three hours. And then in the uh, ninth hour, which would, which would be about three in the afternoon, then uh, the sun begins to shine again. But during that time, there, there's darkness, and the, the curtain in the temple uh, is torn uh, in two. An incredibly uh, powerful moment, right? Because uh, signifying that Jesus, uh, the lamb that was slain to, to take away the sins of the world, uh, has now rent the veil that separated Everyone from the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, the presence of God. You could not go in there. No one was allowed to except the high priest, and that only once a year. And, 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 and he had to do everything just right. Now, because of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this veil is rent in two. And so, so Hebrews lays this out for us. It's, you know, it's a whole sermon in itself. So I'm not going to turn to it, but just to remind you of it, Hebrews lays us out 
this out for us so that we understand it. So, you know, go and read uh, Hebrews, you know, 9, 10, 11. Uh, that, that's going to help give you understanding of this. But what, he, but what Hebrews does tell us in Hebrews 10 is that when this curtain is rent, that now we all have access to the Father. That now we all can come to God. And then Hebrews calls us to do it. He says, so, so now... Draw near to God. So let us draw near to God. So let us come to Him. Let us trust in Him. Let us come into His presence. Let us enter into relationship with Him. So we, so we see this, this happening here. Uh, everything goes dark. The veil is rent, showing that we can come to the Father. And then uh, Luke goes on. After all this takes place, now verse 46, Jesus calls out uh, with a loud voice. It's interesting to me how, how Luke emphasizes this, you know, because when, when, uh, when Luke talks about Jesus speaking and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, it says that he spoke that, that he spoke that out. But here Luke specifically points out that Jesus does something and he's not quiet about it. That he does this in a loud voice, that he is, that he is crying out to the Lord, right? And, and, and so connected in Scripture with us trusting in the Lord is, with an individual trusting in the Lord, is that individual crying out to the Lord. And David makes statements like, like when, when he's talking about trusting in the Lord, and, and we'll read one in a second, he makes, he also makes the connection between him crying out to the Lord. He's saying, my trust in the Lord is revealed by my crying out to the Lord. It's me calling out to Him in my time of need. That's one of the reasons that we pray. I don't want to get off track, but we pray because, because we're, we trust in the Lord. And when we pray, we declare that we trust in the Lord. And every now and then, when you, know, when you really get in a pinch, seems to raise the volume a little bit. And, and here Jesus is, is going to say something to the Father, but he's, but he's not at all quiet. He calls out in a loud voice. He cries out to God, and he says this. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. There's kind of this ultimate with everything that he has, with all of his heart, Jesus declaring His trust in the Father and saying that it's into the Father's hands that I'm committing the, the deepest, most real, valuable part of me, my spirit. I'm laying that into the trustworthy, almighty, loving, caring hands of the Heavenly Father. And then when He does this, He has breathed his last. I, I think this is Jesus, Proverbs 3, 5 it. It's Him saying, I trust You, God. My Father, with all of my heart, I'm laying all of me, everything, committing it into Your hands. And this whole setting had a powerful impact on everyone who was a part of it. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God. Uh, you know, like uh, 
American Standard Version. I think even the King James says this too. Um, I, I mean, praise God is good, but just to add to it, it says glorified God. Gave God uh, glory that, that seeing all this take place, he praises God and he gives God glory and said, surely this was a righteous man. This was, this was an innocent man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. This, this had a, a powerful impact on them to where, to where they, uh, to where they are, are so repentant of, of, of who they are and the lives that they live that they're beating them, their breasts as they, as they leave. But all who uh, knew him, uh, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching all of these things. So his disciples, followers, apostles, uh, all the women, all those that were there, they, they saw all of this uh, take place. And we know that they were all powerfully impacted uh, by uh, this as well. There is, you know, there is God uh, darkening out everything, declaring, you know, there, this, on the cro- this man on the cross is, is no one no ordinary man, and, and then the veil being rent that we have access to the Father, and then Jesus making this powerful declaration of trust, uh, calling out to God and saying to the Father, I commit my spirit into uh, your hands. This impacted them in a powerful way, and I hope it impacts us in a powerful way as well. Now, uh, interesting to this is that when Jesus says this on the cross, uh, what he is doing is he is quoting Psalm 31. That this is, that this is Scripture, right? Because Jesus, Jesus fulfills the word of the Lord and endorses the word of the Lord and reminds us that God's word is true and timeless. And uh, so, so let's go to Psalm 31 because I, I want you to see this is, Psalm 31 is a, is a trust God chapter, and it's in Psalm 31 that this is said, into your hands I commit uh, my spirit, and Jesus on the cross cries, he cries out in a loud voice uh, and declares this. Psalm 31, we'll start at verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but we'll jump around a little bit. Uh, You know, just if you were worried about it, because it is like 24 verses. Um, but Psalm 31, actually, let's, let's read verse 24 first. I like to keep Scott working. Mm. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And hope is a trust word. All, all of you who trust in the Lord, all of you who, who hope in the Lord, all of you who commit all of you to the Lord, be strong and take heart. So as we're entering into this new year, if we will be people who commit ourselves to the Lord, we should, we should be strong, we should be encouraged, we should be refreshed, we should take heart. And we don't have to enter into this year afraid, fearful, worried, down. We don't have to be saying, man, you know, 2020 was so crazy and weird and bad, and 21 wasn't much better. I don't know what in the world 22 is going to have in store. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it has in store. If, if, if you are committed into the hands 
of the loving Heavenly Father, then, it, then there's nothing this year can do to, to affect you. Or if you stay trusting in God, if you stay in His almighty hands, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. All right, let's go back to verse 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read down through this, I'm gonna, and then I just want to show you this scripture that I saw that's just jumped out at me. Um, then, we'll, then we'll share communion. In you, in you uh, the new NIV takes the O out, and I like to put it back in there, so forgive me. In you, O Lord, it's just got this, this more I need you crying out to God feel to it. And uh, I'm, I, I guess I understand why they did it, but I don't like it. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. You see this trusting in the Lord? Let me never be put to shame. And when we take refuge in the Lord and we trust in Him and we commit our lives to Him, then we will never be put to shame. And make a bold, bold statement to you that if you, like Jesus, will cry out to the Lord and say, into your hands I commit my spirit, my all, my everything, my life, then you will not be put to shame if you will stay in the loving, caring, almighty hands of our Heavenly Father, you will not be put to shame. It says, in you, O Lord. Yeah, thank you, Scott. I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge a strong fortress to save me. And he's praying all these things and asking for them. And he's asking for them because this is everything that God is. He is an ear turned to us who does come, he does come quickly to our rescue. He is our rock of refuge and a strong fortress to save us. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. It's for your, for your name's sake. See, see, when you're trusting in the Lord, it, it's no longer, you know, when you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart, when you commit your, yourself into His hands, you know, when, when, what does is, what is committing this year look like to the Lord? It looks like this. Everything's for His name's sake and not for mine. What does committing your whole life into His hands look like? It's everything is for His name's sake and no longer for Jason's. There is freedom when, it, when you're no longer worried about you and it's all for His name. When, when you don't care about your name anymore, you know, do or say whatever you want against my name. I'm living for His name to be glorified and exalted. And, and when you uh, live to bring Him glory and honor and it's about His name, then he, then he comes in and because you've committed yourself to Him, He comes in and cares for your name and makes sure that you are honored. And, and then it's okay then because it's him doing it and not you. Verse 4, uh, keep me free from the trap that is, that is set for me, uh, for you are my refuge. See, this is, this is a, like an important reminder right here that, that in this next year, will there be traps set for you? Yes. Yes, there will. But if we are committed into his hands, he keeps us free from the snare, from the trap of the enemy, from the thief who comes to snatch you away and steal you, kill you, 
and destroy you. In him we are safe. And then, and then there's this David making this declaration that Jesus makes. And, and you know, prophesying that Jesus would make it. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Into your hands I am trusting all that is me. Into your hands I commit my everything, my spirit. Into your hands I give you uh, my time, I give you my will, I give you my plans, I give you my money, I give you this year, I give you all. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then, and then, then David's going to make that declaration. He's going to say, verse 6, he says, I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. We hopefully have arrived, you know, have come to the place as saints and believers where we recognize that, that it's, it's so useless to trust uh, in in things that are not trustworthy, in idols, in, in worldly things. And, uh, and it's worthless to do that. They're worthless idols. It's, it's useless to cling to those things. But it is not useless or worthless to commit yourself to the Lord and to trust in Him. He says, as for me, I trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, uh, now Psalm 31 um, goes into a talking about opposition coming against and enemies attacking and facing and people turning away. It just, it just moves into bad times. Here, there, even though there's bad times that come and enemies that arise. And, and it's important for us to remember this, right? That, that there are bad times that come. You're like, yeah, we know, Pastor. <laughs> We've been living in them, right? There are bad times that come. In this world, we have trouble. In this sin-broken world, there will be difficulty. There will be trouble. And in this world, we have an enemy who roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You remember John 10, 10, right? The enemy comes, the thief comes, he wants to steal, he's a, he's a snatcher, and he wants to snatch you away and, and, and destroy your uh, life. Uh, I, I don't know, I, like I want to call him Swiper right now, you know? He's, and, and we got to say to him, Swiper, no swiping. Um, yeah, Elizabeth was little once. She doesn't watch Dora anymore. But <laughs> um, that little, you know, Dora the Explorer? Everybody familiar? All right, I don't need to explain that. Everybody looks. We have all this that, that comes against us. And so Psalm 31 points that out that everything's not always going to be sunshine and roses. There's an enemy out to get us. And this world is against us and there's trouble that we will face. Storms come, the rain comes to the, to the wicked and the righteous. Everybody's going to face cloudy days. And you say, whoo, man, this is encouraging. Yes, you know, it is hopefully going to get that way. And I, I mean, it is encouraging to know that, that all that comes against us. But those who, who have put their refuge in God, 
will not be put to shame. Be, be strong and take heart. Be of, be of good courage and, and faith and strength. All you who hope in the Lord. All you who trust uh, in the Lord. Scott, what was that next verse? Psalm 31, was it 14? So after, after David says all that about you know, all this opposition coming in, coming against, back in 14, he, he says this, even though there's all that going on, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. See, now he's, he's already committed himself into the, into the Lord's hands, and now he's even committing his times into the Lord's hands. That's why I think it's you know, fitting and right for us to just go ahead today and say, Lord, 2022, we don't know what it's going to hold. We're committing our times into your hands. We're committing this year into uh, your hands. And, and, you know, for me and my, and, and all that I can influence, I'm going to commit all of my life uh, into his hands. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies. He says, the hands of the enemies are coming Coming, he says, deliver me from the hands of my enemies. We're, we're, not, we're not trusting ourselves uh, or, or, or even giving ourselves into the hand. We're not you know, throwing up and surrendering to the enemy uh, in, into his hands. We've committed ourselves into the Lord's hands and, uh, and asking him, he's asking him to deliver him from the enemy's hands. For those who pursue me, from those who pursue me, let your face shine on your servant Save me in your unfailing love. It's all these you know, declarations of, of, of all of my hope and trust is in you. Let me not, here's the shame again, let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I have cried out to you. See, there's that connection between crying out to the Lord and trusting in Him. You say, I've cried out to you, O Lord, and I've committed myself to you, and I have trusted in you, therefore don't let me be put to shame. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Those who, those who are not going to trust in the Lord, they will be put to shame. But all who will cry out to the Lord, who will commit themselves to the Lord, they will not be put to shame. Who will lay themselves in God's loving hands. So I say to you again this morning, commit yourself to the loving hands of the Lord Cry out as Jesus did. Cry out as David did. And say, I commit myself, my spirit into your hands, O Heavenly Father, loving Savior, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Now let me, now let me show you what I, what's jumped out at me. I, I don't know. I just missed this before. I just want to share this with you. And hopefully it refreshes you and strengthens you and encourages you like it encouraged me. It's, it's found in John 10. And uh, if you remember John 10, John 10, 10, right? We, we've just said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and that more abundantly. And in John 10, Jesus talks about how he is the shepherd and that his sheep hear his voice and they follow after him and how he's the one that watches over them and guards them. That, that the wolf, if the wolf comes against his sheep, he's going to defend his sheep against the wolf. Like, 
He, say, he talks about like a, a servant or a hireling. When the wolf comes against the sheep, they'll run away and the wolf will come and get them. But he says, not him, not the son. He's not going to allow the sheep to be devoured by the wolves that come. So, you know, when we trust in all these other things that we can, that we can put our trust in, when the wolf comes, they're, they're not there to defend us. We can't, you don't want to commit yourself into the hands of the government, into the hands of money, uh, into your own hands, or, or in all of these other useless, worthless idols. They're just hirelings. When the wolf comes, they don't do any good. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. But, but when you're committed, and your life is laid in the hands of Jesus, and in the hands of the Father, you are safe there. Nothing can touch you, or harm you, or destroy you, or end you. You will not be put to shame. And this is what Jesus says. In John 10, uh, 22. After, after you know, Jesus is teaching all that, then it, then it says this, Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking uh, in Solomon's colonnade. He's often found there in the temple, isn't he? Uh, the Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you didn't believe. And isn't it interesting that later on when he's crucified, they're still asking. And Jesus is like, oh my goodness, what do I got to do? I did tell you, but, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Now he's going to make this back to this sheep connection that he talked about in the first part of John 10. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Let me just repeat that, right? He says, I, I'm going to give them eternal life, and they will never perish. They will never be put to shame. You know, when I say there, no harm's going to befall you, nothing's going to ever, I'm not saying not bad's going to come to you and there's not trouble and difficulty. I'm not saying you're never going to get sick and everything's going to go okay, right? I'm saying that Jesus is not going to allow us to ever be put to shame. The enemy's not going to come and steal, kill, and destroy us. He's not going to rob from us abundant life or eternal life, we will never perish if we commit our spirit to the loving hands of the Father. He says, I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Now, I've read this and read this. I don't know why it never jumped out at me like it did, but listen to what Jesus says right here. He says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. You, you commit yourself, your spirit into his hands. No one will ever Take you out of his hand. You will not be snatched out of his hand. When Jesus says no one will ever do it, no one will ever do it. The enemy will come and say, I'm going to snatch you out of his hands. And you'll say, and, and now we say to him, no, you're not. 
because I'm in the loving hands of my Savior, who is King of kings and Lord of lords, the name above every name, who has arisen to the highest throne. He is, he is the God. He is King Almighty, and I'm in his hands, and you cannot snatch me from his hands because he's declared it. He's spoken it. His word goes out from his mouth. It does not return to him void. It accomplishes what he said it would accomplish. When we commit ourselves into his hands, we are in his hands and we will not be put to shame. We will never perish. So take heart and be strong, all you who hope in the Lord. Take heart and be strong and be encouraged, all you who trust in God, because you're in his hands. And in his hands, we are safe and secure. And if that, if that were not enough, if that, if that didn't seal it, Jesus goes on and says this, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. He said, not only are you in my hands, you're in my Father's hands. He says, I and the Father are one. He says, I've committed myself, my spirit to his hands. And if you'll commit your spirit to his hands and to mine, we're one. Nobody's going to snatch you out of mine. And, And if you don't believe that, no one is certainly going to snatch you out of my Father's hands. He is greater than all. We who have trusted in the Lord with all of our heart who have committed ourselves into his hands, we are in his hands. And in his hands, we will forevermore be, and we will never be put to shame. So let the enemy come, because I'm in the hands of the Lord. Let the storms come, because I'm in the hands of the Lord. Let trouble come because I'm in the hands of the Lord. And I know the enemy is coming, but I'm in the hands of the Lord. I know he's setting a trap and a snare, but I'm in the hands of the Lord. I know he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. You get the point. I am in his hands, and in his hands I will forevermore be. You say, what if somebody comes and snatches me out? Come on. He said it's not happening. It's not going to take place when we commit ourselves, when we cry out, when we say, I'm tired of, I'm tired of trying to hold myself. I'm tired of trying to lean on me. I'm tired of trying to, to, to make it through every storm and, 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 and ward off every opposition and, and fight off every enemy. I'm failing. I'm worn out. I'm defeated. I'm tired of that. And we cry out to God because that's what you do when you trust. Sorry, calm down. Calm down. Cry out to the Lord. And we say, and we say Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. And he says, all right, come here. And he gathers us up in his hands. And in his hands, we forevermore shall be. And in his hands, we're safe. And nothing or no one can take me from his hands. Now the enemy will come and he'll boast and brag and shout and accuse and act like he's going to, but he can't. And we look at him and we say, what are you doing, you loudmouth little stinker? 
I'm in the Father's hands. And He's greater than all. And no one can take me from His hands. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hands. Let's, let's this year be encouraged and strengthened. As, as we begin this year committing ourselves to the Lord and committing this year to the Lord, laying all of me into His hands, let's be encouraged and strengthened. Let's, let's be strong and encouraged, all of us who hope in the Lord, who commit ourselves to Him. As we enter into communion this morning, let's just stay in this, in this mindset of, of trusting in the Lord. And as we share communion together uh, this morning, uh, the guys are going to begin to pass it out. As we share communion together this morning, let's, let's do this uh, remembering all that Jesus has done. And as we remember all that Jesus has done, let's, let's remember this one specific moment where He declares His trust in the Lord and lays Himself in the Father's hands where forevermore He will be. And through communion, let's, let's cry out to the Lord this morning and lay ourselves in God's hands. And you guys go ahead and pass that out. And... Uh, Commit ourselves to Him. And in God's hands, we will forevermore be.